Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, Daniel Jones gets a big old bag of cash. The Chiefs have high hopes for Kadarius Toney in 2023, and the bidding war for Lamar Jackson can commence, but nobody's calling. Now, two guys who also believe that they should be overpaid despite underperforming. Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. Is that how it went? Is that how it went for you, Cody? You feel like you feel like overpaid? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going around right now. It's going around right now? Yeah, Daniel Jones just got like $40 million a year. What'd he do? Earned it. That 15 <laughs> touchdown season? See, you see, Those don't happen just overnight. You don't hey, just Cody. Cody's here's defending. Here's what's here's what's crazy though. We just know even if we all recognize Daniel Jones is not one of those top tier guys, we all know it. But when you're a quarterback that's quote unquote due for a contract and you have your best season and you take a team to the playoffs, like it is the congratulations, going rate, the going rate for quarterbacks. Four years, 160 mil. Obviously, he's Sorry. not going to see all 160 most likely, but 160, 35 million. In incentives, more in incentives, 82 million over the first two years, 94 million basically guaranteed at signing. And the first year cap number is uh, around 19 million. D- don't you think they could have used that money elsewhere? I think I mean, they, they could have spent it on something else. They don't have another option at quarterback. What would they have spent it on? Like six Saquon Barkleys or I don't know, what are you thinking? They could have signed Lamar Jackson. There's like, an idea. They'd have to trade for him. But again, and they'd have to right. give him more than $40 million a year, hey, okay. I would hope. Okay. I'd be okay with both of those. I mean, well, if you're willing to spend 40 about, on as we're Daniel, ta- you should be willing to spend like 130 on Lamar Jackson. Year. Yeah, why not? As we're going to talk about in about 30 minutes, there's a lot of teams that claim to be not interested in Lamar Jackson. And it might be the most blatant business practice that we've seen the NFL conduct since about eight years ago. Have the Chiefs? publicly stated that they are also they not interested. They actually haven't, Nick, you know? So as far as we know... You need a, you need a statement from the Chiefs or a source. We need Nate Taylor or Pete Sweeney to get... A source tells me the Chiefs not interested in talking with Lamar Jackson. Have they put the sniffers out on Lamar? No sniffers. They're like, what if we could get him for less than Patrick Mahomes makes, which is only like the eighth best quarterback salary in the NFL? You know, just see. See what happens. That's the thing, though, and that's where I wanted to start today because Daniel Jones gets the four years, 160, mentioned 94 million basically guaranteed at signing. And it's another example. We're not even at Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert yet who are going to get massive deals this offseason. It's just another offseason and more examples of almost how hilarious the Patrick Mahomes deal is. It's not like he's not making any money, but just the 10-year structure of it and you get to a certain point where once Mahomes, once Herbert, I should say, and Burrow get their deals, which before the season started, some projected maybe would average out around 55 mil. But now you're starting to see other guys creep up to 45 anyway. Burrow and Herbert might be getting close to 60 million per year, 58, 68 million on average per year. And it, it, the, the Mahomes contract is laughable at this point. He's going to be... Uh, what, the seventh or eighth highest paid quarterback here pretty soon? Either he is going to continue on this deal, which would be the single greatest contract in NFL history. Better, let me be very clear, better than any discount Tom Brady ever took for his team. Or this is untenable. They're going to have to give him more money, Gold. 
part of the damn team. Like, what are we doing here? Daniel Jones is worth $160 million. I mean, you and I both know that that number is unrealistic, that he's not going to get that. But $100 million of it is probably guaranteed. He's getting a pretty good chunk, man. He's getting way more than that. And look, I, I know that the Mahomes guaranteed numbers are a complete lie. I'd be like, oh, he's only getting $145 million guaranteed. I'm like, they pre-guarantee like two years ahead of time. He's going to get way more than that. It's just a way of functioning the contract in a way that makes sense. But if I were Joe Burrow or I were Justin Herbert, and this was about just the cash, then I would be asking for $60 million a year. You cannot tell me that I am not worth 33% more than Daniel Jones, who career high in passing touchdowns is 15, his career high for touchdowns in an indiv- total touchdowns in an individual season is 24. You cannot tell me that I'm not worth way more than that because his team went nine and seven and he was bad for three years and then had a 15 passing touchdown year on 3,300. I don't care if he ran for seven. He had 4,000 total yards and 24 total touchdowns. And that guy's worth $160 million. Like you can yeah, ask so whatever I, you want. You can blank like check I, it. I don't think Daniel Jones is all that good, but I'm also, I don't think we, we, the same way when we talk about Lamar, like we shouldn't just ignore the rushing numbers. That is part of his game. That is part of no, his. That's why his, I said total yardage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you think, I thought you said, I don't care about the rushing touchdowns. I thought is what you said. I thought you no, said, I, I said, about the I said 4,000 total yards, 24 total touchdowns. I'm looking at it like any other quarterback. How many total yeah. yards and how many total touchdowns did Herbert have? How many total He's, yards and total touchdowns did Burrow have? Whatever. It still ended up being, we can, it's easy anytime contract numbers come out and we can poke fun and say, oh, the Giants are idiots. They're actually saving money by doing it the way they're doing it. He would have been making on average a $32 million, 32 right this year if they franchise tagged him. Yeah, with no it's flexibility. a $19 million cap hit this year. And because only the first two years or so are technically guaranteed in the Daniel Jones deal, it's actually not as terrible. Oh, my gosh. we I thought we've learned by now when it comes to contract numbers that when you see four years, $160 million, it is not four years, $160 million. That matters. It's what's guaranteed. It's two years or three years at that 90 or $100 million number. And based off of what they're trying to accomplish for this year, it's less money on the books this year. So I actually don't hate from a financial in the Daniel Jones contract. Do I think he's a top 10 quarterback? Hell no. Absolutely not. But it's the price of doing business in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks. And to your point. Yeah, but you don't have to do that business. It's bad business. Again, I'll ask you the same thing. We go back to the Derek Carr thing yesterday. Who was who, who? What would who was our quarterback going to be, Cody? This upcoming season, please, please lay it out for it. Who was who was the Giants' quarterback this year if they would not have done anything with Daniel Jones? Most likely, the most likely quarterback they would end up with is Jameis Winston or Baker Mayfield okay. or Jimmy. Thank G. you. And it would have been for twenty-five or thirty million dollars a year because the number still is ludicrous. Yeah. Instead of forty, and you would have been on the hook for one year, maybe instead of two or three with Daniel Jones. But it would have been on the more guarantees. money this year on the books. And it would have been as much as I'm you, not sure that can, it would have been more this year because I think you would have structured it similarly where it would have been 16, 17 or whatever for this year. Having Daniel Jones is better, but being tied up with him for this, they're only look, tied up for really two years. Here's the thing. It's, it's always a spike. If you want to do this for a couple of years, similar to what Kansas city did with Alex Smith, you want to do this for a couple of years. I don't really fault you for the logic based on this part of your logic of this is what quarterbacks cost in the NFL. But if you let this, dictate the next five years of your NFL franchise, you're an idiot. You should be actively looking to replace Daniel Jones unless he takes some massive leap in the NFL draft this year. You got one year. Like, you got one year to be our starter, take us to some unforeseen promised land, and then next year we're drafting a quarterback, 
and you can get one year as the bridge guy until we start the other guy and we're out because you better not think of we're going to have five years because the whole thing right now, especially in the NFC, because the NFC is wild. The NFC actually has some of the highest average annual quarterbacks in the entire NFL right now, and none of them are getting anywhere close to the level of performance you would expect for the amount they're being paid. Dak's going to make $40 million this year. Aaron Rodgers is going to make $50 million this year. You know, like, obviously, $40 million on average per year right. for Daniel Jones, but it'll be about $20 million this year. It's like there are so many high-paid NFC quarterbacks right now. So, at the least, right now, if you're the Giants, you're not way behind everyone else because there isn't some rookie quarterback. But if one decent rookie quarterback gets drafted in the NFC, I'm just going to assume they have a chance to be in the NFC title game with the Eagles because they haven't had to pay Jalen Hurts yet. Like, that feels like that's normally an advantage. In the NFC, it feels like a massive advantage to have a quarterback on a rookie deal right now. Yeah, I saw that Warren Sharp basically highlighted that yesterday and, and looking at the eight of the, the top 12 teams, uh, average money spent on quarterback one are from the NFC. 50 million right now for Green Bay. We'll see what happens there with Rodgers. And then 46 million, that's Kyler Murray in Arizona, who's not going to even play this year. Uh, the Giants now at the 40, uh, 40 million with Dallas, 40 million with the Rams and Matthew Stafford, 38 million with Derek Carr. Have you even named I a mean, good quarterback yet? Uh, and then like, a, a, like in a top at, 10 quarterback? Kirk Cousins at 11 at 35, Still. and then Jared Goff at 12 at 34. Okay, I mean, you managed to not name a single top yeah. 10 quarterback, yeah. even though they've got eight of the highest 12 yeah. paid quarterbacks. So for that, that point of the, the Giants, point. they're not totally screwed because every in the NFC exactly. is in the same boat. Yeah, and that was the point that 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 Warren Sharp was trying to to lay out there. It's like there is an opportunity if you can somehow get uh, either someone to take this massive leap, or you draft a, a young quarterback in the NFC, you hit on him, and in the next year or two, you can easily vault up for the next like three, four. It feels like you'd have a massive advantage over everybody else you're working against. The Mahomes part of the contract, man. Look, I'm just gonna hope. Um, He's winning these Super Bowls, and he sees this going, and he's thinking, like, ah, guys, yeah, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a bump. We don't have to get out of control now. The problem is, is that the NFLPA, this is what they're working with Lamar, which we'll talk about here in just a minute, but it's nobody, no, every NFL team would love Mahomes to keep taking these little team-friendly deals. But, it, but Mahomes alone can't dictate the market. If Burrow and Herbert both ask for $55 million this year, $60 million and they should. this year, they, they should. There's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't ask for that. And I think they'll get, get it. it. Yeah. Like right now, if Daniel Jones, if you're telling me the going rate for a quarterback is an average annual of $40 million a year for Daniel Jones and $45 million or $43 million a year for Kyler Murray, you cannot tell me that a guy like Joe Burrow is not worth at least 50 Probably 55, and yeah, you start your number at 60. Like, I'll take 60, and they're like, how about 50? And you're like, how about 55? Okay, we're good. Like, that feels like how those conversations would go. But with what we don't know about either of those quarterbacks yet is, do they feel the same as Mahomes? Do they want to give this 10-year contract and all this flexibility? Do they want, you know, like... Oh, and as the organization, is the owner position, we'll talk more about to this. To put $200 million dollars in escrow? Right, That and that, yeah. and we know that... Even though if you're an NFL owner, you're obviously extremely, extremely wealthy. But there's there's NFL wealthy within that within the NFL owners. There's rich owner versus quote unquote poor owner. I know it sounds See weird. The Raiders, right? Mark Davis. We will talk more about the Raiders, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, everything coming up in about 15 minutes or so, and what is going on clearly from a business side of things with other NFL owners. At least they're they're not trying to hide it at, at this point uh, in time. But James Palmer over at NFL Network. Uh, sent out a tweet yesterday afternoon, and it kind of laid out how the Chiefs are thinking about the core group of guys on offense, and it peels back the curtain on expectations that the Chiefs clearly are placing on at least one Chief. 
Here was a tweet from Palmer. He said, the thought in KC right now is Patrick Mahomes expected to be throwing the same core group of guys he ended the season with. And he lists Kelsey, Tony, and then in parentheses, he says, who the Chiefs believe will be wide receiver one in 2023. Then he mentions MVS. He says the plan is to bring Juju back. We've talked about that. And then obviously Sky Moore, year number two of Sky Moore. And we'll see if he can take a big leap after a rookie season that until the, the Super Bowl, until the playoffs, of course, was, was disappointing. Kadarius Tony. We've seen the flashes. We've seen it. Their belief is he is wide receiver number one next year. That is a this is a threat to Juju, right? They don't actually believe gamble. that. Well, in that same tweet, it says they believe they're going to bring back Juju Smith-Schuster. This- I would sign up for twelve games of Kadarius Tony right now. Like he can only play in twelve, Cody, because that's how nervous I would be about relying on Tony as your wide receiver number one based on availability. I think talent-wise, he does have a chance to be a wide receiver two and a fringe one. He really does. But part of the deal of being a wide receiver one or a fringe two, Cody, or a fringe one and a wide receiver two, is you got to be on the field, man. You got to be available for me for 14, 15, 16, 17 games. And right now, if I tell you you can lock in 12 or 13, I I mean, how can you not take it based on his early returns as an NFL wide receiver in, the, in, in a small sample size? But it is the sample size we have. And the guy's playing in like eight games. Okay, so... I can't. This to me is them trying to warn Juju. Hey, we love this guy. So, I mean, don't get out of control here. Don't you go asking for too much because they can't actually believe this. He played in seven games. He had 171 yards. If he played in all 17 games, that would be an average of that average would get you to 414 yards receiving. Okay, well, in a couple of those games, he left pretty early, right? Because of the injury-related issues. Another reason, as you pointed out, why you can't trust in that scenario. So let's uh, let's you know let's just bump it up to an even five. Five hundred would be the single greatest season of his career. I don't deny the talent. I think he showed that talent as a rookie in New York. He was only targeted fifty-seven times. He had four hundred and twenty yards. You know, he he showed a propensity to be able to get in the end zone a little bit. This guy has 591 total yards in three years in the NFL and two touchdowns. If you're going into your season saying that's a one, you're delusional. Could even be your one. Has a chance to be your one. There is no chance Kadarius Toney is going to walk out next season being the Chiefs' number one wide receiver, especially if Juju's on the team. No chance. Like, But even if Juju's not, I don't see a world in which that's possible. And I, I like Kadarius Tony. I like what I've seen out of Kadarius Tony. He's been more impressive than I was anticipating when I originally did not like the deal. I think they made a good deal. I like the upside. Number one wide receiver. Anyone even think that's plausible next year? So you think so you think Brett Veach is delusional. That's what you just said, right? No, I think I think he's saying that to this is a warning shot to Juju Smith Schuster to tell him I wouldn't get carried away with you, that number. You you might be right on that. I don't I don't buy into that all that much. I mean, I'm with you on the I don't believe he's gonna be wide receiver one next year. I, I, I agree with you there. I don't buy into that that this tweet from Palmer is the Chiefs trying to warn Juju Smith-Schuster that, man, if you go up too high, we'll just go with Kadarius Tony because you just said it. You don't believe, you think Juju Smith-Schuster believes it either? Like, I don't think. If I was agent, I'd be like, cute. I, I, I don't think so. Now, Kadarius Tony, I will give, I will say this in fairness. It still to happens. The, to, that- to, in fairness to the number, uh, I would like to see when he has a full off season in the system. This guy was thrown in the middle of the season and still ended up being that productive. He was thrown in a complicated that offense. Pr- 171 then, yards and two touchdowns. Was is a, not he was playing that. 20 snaps a game. Yeah. 
I mean, look, and but that's all he but, can but play. That's the point, though, like he was thrown in midseason. Imagine a full off season when they, they have a full off season to work with him in the playoff and design an offense that also truly utilizes him. So I think we will see an uptick. But wide receiver number one, no, I don't think there's any scenario. I also think Juju's going to be back anyway. But but uh, so neither one of you guys think there's any scenario where where Kadarius Tony is wide receiver one for the I, Chiefs I don't, next I year. I don't believe Kadarius no. Tony will be because let's be honest, if Mahomes is throwing for another five thousand yards, right? Why not? Uh, 5,000 yards next season, 4,800, 5,000 yards. Uh, there's going to be somebody other than Kelsey probably that is really close to 1,000 yards on this team, if not over. And so basically you're asking me, do I think Kadarius Tony Cody is a, thousand yard a 950 to yeah, 1,100-yard receiver? And no, I, can't, I, I cannot say yes to that. Would uh, that be the single biggest leap? in? You're asking me, hey, can Kadarius Tony make the single biggest leap in wide receiver history? Okay, that is, that is honestly... The most insane thing you've ever said. The biggest wide receiver leap in history. He in would the have two hundred yards, and then he's a thousand yard wide receiver. That's what I'm. In the so you you don't think in the history of football that anyone has ever made a bigger leap from one year to the next? Does does one strike out to you? Like I, I'm I'm dead serious. Like if if someone can think of an example okay, for think, me, I'll I think take getting, it. I think you're it's... getting too caught up on production. On like the sheet, like just simply receiving yards, because when you turns say, out that's what I mean when number one wide receiver is related to production. When they talk when 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 coaches use the term wide receiver one, they're talking about like in the route tree, in the progressions. Who are you looking at first? Juju is nep Juju's never going to be an explosive receiver. He doesn't profile to be a guy who can beat you on the outsides, who can work the sidelines. He is across the middle. He is a safety valve. He is Travis a, t- a tight end light. The way they used Kadarius Tony at this year, they were using everything at the line of scrimmage because he knew like two routes. He was playing 20 snaps a game. I think they view him as a guy who they can do more with, which is why they would say he can be wide receiver one because we can deploy him in different ways that we just simply can't with Juju. Sure, but if he finishes the season with 550 yards, I don't even care if he's the first target on every route. You cannot tell me he's your number one wide receiver target. Like, if he finishes the year with 500 yards, I, I, I don't think that that's that. a realistic way to even describe anybody. And I don't think any NFL team describes it that way. Like, Nick, I, I they're just, close. I, if it's 700 or 900 yards, maybe your argument's fair. But, I mean, they're going to have to really tighten the gap for any of that to make sense. Yeah, I, I just think Tony's going to have a massive increase in production, though. I do believe that. But I don't, I don't think he's going to be a 1,000-yard receiver, basically because of availability. If you if you could guarantee me, Nick, 17 games. that Kadarius Tony was playing in 17 games, then, yeah, then I would say he has a chance to be that 900 or 1,000. I just don't. I don't believe the guy's going to play in 16, 17 games next year. Wish that that were the case, but there's no evidence to support that. Like, we talk a lot about injury-prone and that status. It's like, to this point, Kadarius Tony's been in the the league for a couple of years, and he's never played more than, what, 10 games his rookie year? So it's like, kind of want to see which version, I guess, you get beyond there. But, look, again, if he plays 17 games, I don't think he's a 1,000-yard wide receiver, but it could be seven, sure. I mean, if we do, we did this last year where we were divvying up. Let's, if Mahomes is going to throw 5,000 yards again, why not, right? And sure. so we factor in what the Chiefs receiving core looks like, and we know, okay, let's say Travis Kelsey. At 13. Least a th- at least 1,000, sure, 13 if you want, and that's fine. Go ahead, Cody. Go ahead, go ahead. Lock it in for 13, that's fine. Um, and And – if you're, you've got 1,300 so for him. had last year, right? So. And let's say, you know, basically Juju was a 1,000-yard receiver this year. So let's say let's say Juju's back. Let's say Juju's back. We'll mark him in for 1,000 yards again. Okay. All right, so that's 2,300. There's still a lot of yards to go around. Let's say Pacheco, what? Pacheco slash the, the backfield. Let's say the backfield. Backfield's always good for like 500. All right, so we'll call it five or 600 yards. Okay. 
So we're up to 2,800. There's still there's still 2,200 plus yards to go at least. Yeah, but some dude named like and Sky Moore. Let's bump Sky Moore up to 500. Let's be kind. Let's bump him up to 500. It's courteous. Okay, so then we're what 1,700 yards remaining. Where are the other seven? MVS another 700 yards. Okay, some so dude. So there's a thousand left for Tony slash. Yeah, but Justin what? Watson for, or for whoever. Whatever dude named Justin Watson or whatever name that sounds like generic dude name, whatever, that yeah, ends no, up in their no, thing. There's another three. Noah Gray. Gets Noah Gray it. had three. So there it is. So we're down to like 400 yards all of a sudden. Like, Tony's going to have more than 400 yards next year. But you see what I'm saying? Like we're, I, well, I'm, I'm with you that I don't think he's going to get 1,000 yards, but I also don't think he's a 300-yard receiver next year. I think Kadarius Tony's sweet spot because of availability is in the 600 to 800 range next year if if he's playing 13 games. If you, can pro- if you tell me... Uh, next January that Kadarius Tony played in 17 games. Well then, yeah, the number is going to be way off and he's going to be over uh, a thousand yard receiver. Yeah. I think he's got that. My biggest issue with Tony is just availability. I think the talent, it's the reason why it was a first round pick. There's a big reason. He's also now in a locker room with, 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 with guys that, you know, whatever the issue was in New York, he believes in his coaching staff. They've won a ring together already. And he got Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, if he's available, he can get to the number that Nick's talking about. But you're not getting a thousand yards on twelve games. If so, then wow, what a! What I don't think I'd be season. willing to like. If you could lock me for seventeen games, I don't. I don't think I'd be saying he's a thousand yard receiver. Really? See, if it was seventeen games, I'd lock in a thousand. Ten games at four hundred twenty yards is the best example I got. So I mean, that's not crazy. That would make him like a seven hundred yard receiver in a full season. So, but, but how useful is this exercise when we are looking at? him playing half a season with the Chiefs and playing with the Giants, which we don't know what went wrong with the Giants, but clearly it was enough to the point where they dished out their first-round pick a year later for a basically fourth and a sixth. Yeah. So clearly, whatever was going on in that relationship, it was not working. And I feel like the Chiefs certainly viewed that first year in New York and said, we don't care about it. But I'm supposed to take these, like, Mike, the problem, like, in making the leap in my brain is I'm supposed to take these, like, really, like, very micro moments. Where Kadarius Tony is like, wow, what a skill set. But this is like, to me, this is like watching the Justin Ross highlight tape from college in a way. It's like I'm supposed to extrapolate the like yeah, nine I, times I, seen- I watch Kadarius Tony do something spectacular and be like, he can do that for a full 17 games all yeah. the time. Not just in blips, because sometimes guys look great in these micro moments and it doesn't always just blow up into this guy is a superstar or this guy is a number one wide receiver. It doesn't always turn into that. So I'm just supposed to assume it does. And you'd be like, well, with the Chiefs, I'm like, but there's plenty of times like MVS didn't, you know, like MVS is a really good example, actually. MVS has moments where you're like, wow, yeah. look at him stand out on paper. And he still just kind of is who he is. He's a 700 yard receiver and perfectly fine. And there's nothing wrong with having that guy in your roster. What if it turns out Kadarius Tony's that? Kadarius Tony, go back to when they traded for him. I think we had this conversation. Like he was so, so new in the league that you were still basing it off of what he did in college. And with all due respect to Marquez, Valdez Scantling, he was never viewed the same way people thought Kadarius Tony could be, and we're not even five years into Kadarius Tony's career. Fifth round pick, so like that's where I differ on you. I'm like, hey, he he could just be MVS. He could, but like to take not to, to make it seem like in two years in Kadarius Tony's career, like he already had is viewed the same way as MVS. I would push back on that because MVS, he's having a very nice NFL career, but he's a fifth round pick. Kadarius Tony was a first round pick, so the the talent, like the pure raw talent. I'm sorry, it's not even close. Kadarius Tony, raw talent versus MVS, it's not there's a wide gap between the two. I mean 
I think that I don't think it's a wide gap, but I think just simply saying because one guy was a first and one guy's a fifth, there's a wide gap. That's just saying like Terry McLaurin doesn't have as much talent as a guy who's drafted in the first. We can't just blanket put it that way. That's not true. Terry McLaurin has as much talent. There's a lot of those guys who were taken in the first round. He just got taken in a bad right, round. But you're using it as a negative to say like that you're using what MVS has been to say, well, then we can flip it around. I guess what I'm saying. You're telling me I can't use it as a positive. Well, then don't be knocking Tony because of what MVS has been in the league either. No, and I'm not, I'm not even saying a direct comparison is – it's just there are guys. I'm just using MVS as an example, not because of where he drafted. Like, there are guys who, who saying, show Mahomes flashes is, of greatness. Sure. Again, unless you think Mahomes is dipping into a 4,500-yard passing season, man, the yards have to come from somewhere. They have to come from somewhere. Yeah, he had 5,000 yards last season, and Tony had 171 of them. So he can still get 5,000 yards, and Tony doesn't have to be anywhere near that number. Yeah, you know, Every you know single exactly other receiver I mean, on the know, roster's returning. You know exactly what I meant by that comment. Kadarius, Tony joined the team in Week 8, Cody. I'm talking yeah. about next season, a full season. If you're going to do the math of the yards, I know you think Travis Kelsey is going to be a 1,500-yard receiver the rest of his career, but there's a chance he's a 1,000-yard receiver, and I don't think it means Mahomes is throwing for 4,500 if that happens. The yardage is coming from somewhere next year. Yeah, but you you gave an increase to like the every single pass catcher they had on the roster is already returning this year. So Tony doesn't have to take an increase no, for Patrick Holmes to get not 5, returning next year. Okay, that's, fine. that's not true. Okay, McCole had 200 we don't yards. Know if Jarek McKinnon's returning next year either. Uh, he was good for 500. So that's that there's, one's a reasonable argument. McCarman finished with 300 yards. So there's I mean, 800 yards right there is up for grabs. Yeah, but we know that some of that's going to go to the backs. Doesn't even matter if it's Jarek McKinnon. You know some of that's going to the backs. And you're telling me Sky Moore is going to go up two or 300 yards. So now I'm back down to the same thing. There's 200 yards to get to 5,000. That's it? Like, I mean, we can do that. Like, there's enough of the pass catchers returning that they don't have to see a huge increase in Kadarius Tony to get to 5,000 yards. I don't have a hard time doing the math on it. Coming up in the next segment, we'll revisit that, certainly. I know, and I think that'll be a conversation throughout the entire offseason. Lamar Jackson gets tagged. Now what? Teams claim they're not interested. We're not buying it. Next. All right, just getting started here on a Wednesday. It's Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. Get to Nick's notable notes coming up in 15 minutes or so. Also, a trend clearly with those players that were tagged yesterday. What it tells us how teams view a certain position in the NFL. Thinking of players that were tagged, though, Lamar Jackson, as expected, was tagged yesterday, and now it sets up a scenario where he can go and seek other opportunities with other teams, come up with a contract that he wants, and then the Ravens would get, if a trade was completed, two first-round picks. So that is where things sit with Lamar Jackson right now in Baltimore. And very quickly... Very, very quickly, there were four, five, six teams, including the Raiders, the Commanders, and the Falcons, among others. Miami. Miami. Miami is unique because we can get into this. They cannot trade for Lamar till after the draft because they don't have two first round picks. So you're not even allowed to talk. So theirs is a little interesting. They're a team to follow if nothing happens before. They don't the have first round pick because they're cheaters. They, they, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that whole Sean Payton colluding thing yep. actually hurt them. Thinking of colluding, <laughs> um, it, I mean, it's weird. Hard to, it's, what a transition. It's, it's hard to. Huh. I'll give the devil's advocate side in a little bit, but I, I, it's hard to not look at what is going on and say it might be one of the most blatant business attempts to hold back somebody because okay. they all hated. The Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed contract, which we would agree is one of the worst contracts in the league that has on the owner handed out. And the rest of the owners don't want to set the precedent of that. And so it, it seems like there's a concerted effort here to not give out that kind of deal to Lamar. This is 
one of the most blatant collusion efforts in NFL history. It called, just to be clear, you're telling me that on the street, for the first time in forever, there's a 26-year-old former MVP available to sign for like seven quarterback-hungry franchises who haven't won in years. And instead, they're all lining up. As I pointed out on Twitter, it's just like they were like they weren't just doing it. It's like they were all falling on the sword together. They're all laying their jersey down like a Rudy, like for the NFL, man. None of us will take Lamar. None of us will negotiate with a 26-year-old MVP. And before you try to tell me, like, oh, you know, he's missed a few games or these things. Yeah. They just gave Daniel Jones $160 million. I've watched teams trade up, give up draft picks, give up money for far worse quarterbacks. I've seen teams trade for Alex Smith and make him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. I've seen teams trade for any quarterback under any circumstance, sign any quarterback. I watched someone trade for Carson Wentz twice. And you're trying to tell me that a 26-year-old MVP is available and nobody is interested? There's no teams interested? This is just about the guaranteed contract. This is clear collusion. The NFL is doing it, and they know that they're doing it. I agree with about 90% of that. I I would say, to your point, Carolina and Atlanta last year were interested in Deshaun Watson. And now you're not interested in Lamar Jackson. So I, I'm, I'm with you there. It doesn't make any sense. Because someone was like, and, oh, you know, he won his MVP yeah, four was, years ago. I'm like, when's the so, last time Deshaun Watson was good? So it, it, it doesn't make much sense at all. And I get what, what appears to be pretty obvious. I will say on the other side, it is someone that's missed 15 games in the last two years. And you are talking about wanting to replicate what we widely considered the worst contract in the league right now, which is a full and t- fully guaranteed contract to Sean Watson. And on top of that, you know, you're going to have to give up two first round picks. So I don't, I, I think that has to be factored in. If you're asking me that I have to pick which one I think is really going on. Yeah, of course. I think it is business right now for the league. It is all about business and it is owners not wanting to, to set the tone. We're now two quarterbacks get full guaranteed contracts. Cause once the toothpaste is out, you're not putting it back in. Right? I get it. So I, I I'm, I'm with you, but I don't think it is as blank blanket as Hey, none of the other stuff factors into this conversation. I also don't buy Cody that these teams are all really out. Cause that doesn't make sense either. Zero. Why, why would you not talk? If you're the Falcons or if you're the Panthers, you're the, the Raiders. Although reports, the Raiders just don't have enough cash. Cause Mark Davis is cash. Uh, of poor. course. But why would you not want to at least talk to Lamar? Because maybe you're right, Cody. They all don't want to give out. Maybe you're right. and I, They don't want to give out these fully guaranteed contracts. That's true. But why would I not talk to Lamar? Why would I already say I'm out? Why would I not talk to his reps? And, and, and for those that are listening, you might say, well, he's already said what he wants. Guys say what they want all the time. It doesn't mean they actually get that yeah, dollar amount. Yeah, that's a lie. So if I'm, if, I'm Lamar, or if I'm Lamar Jackson and the Falcons reach out to me, even though I know, know this, I've, you guys know what I want, you can still talk to him. It's more information. I, I, yeah. I don't get why, and that's why I don't buy that five or six teams are actually out. Out. There was already a conflicting report that said uh, that the, the Dolphins situation, they actually might be in a decent spot here because if he doesn't get traded until after the draft, then there's maybe a, a dollar amount actually comes down at that point for Lamar Jackson and that Miami could be a really great fit. Now, of course, the Dolphins publicly are keep saying that no, two is our guy, two is our guy, as they have to say. At this point. So I think there's uh, it is very clear that owners don't want to do it, but I, I don't 
buy that every team is already like, out of the sweepstakes. There's two teams who don't want a 26-year-old MVP. I get it. Deshaun Watson had a great year in 2020, the last full year he had played in the NFL. That's that's the same amount of time. That's the last time Lamar Jackson was but, great. Exactly. But that's the point, man, right? We think that is a terrible contract. So I guess let, let's, let's dive I know, but okay, so, let's, so let's just – let's say it's, a, it's just generally like kind of a wild contract. Let's say that these teams – let's just say that these teams – it's not a fully guaranteed contract because there's not a single NFL team that's going to offer Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract. The other thing people want to point out is like, ah, compensation. It cost more first-round picks to get Deshaun. He was three and a third and a fourth. You can have Lamar Jackson, who actually has accomplished more in his NFL career because the other thing you always see is, oh, what does Lamar Jackson have? One playoff win? Well, guess how many Deshaun has? None. Zero. Like, and I get it. Overall, we, we judge the Browns for making that decision. But the problem is it all it took was one rogue owner to throw all these things off. Mm-hmm. And the rest are doing exactly what we're talking about. They're banding together to say we won't do it. It's is not it, that the price tag is too high. It's not that the draft pick compensation is too high. It's that all the other NFL owners don't want to set this standard of fully guaranteed quarterback contracts because, like, we're boys. Can I keep I playing? Secret can I, can I keep thing. playing the other side and say, isn't that not smart business, Cody? Yeah, but it doesn't mean I have to be rooting for it. I'm, I, well, I'm, not, I'm not sitting here rooting for it, Cody, but you're acting like we're stunned that that people are trying to... That rich people want to keep their money? Yeah, no, that tracks. I, I, I guess if we are agreeing universally that the trade that the Browns made is terrible, the contract the Browns made is terrible, why are we so upset, though, that another team's not willing to make the same terrible decision? Because I don't think that it's just that one team's not willing to do it. I think that this really comes to... it's. It was the way that it was done, Gold. It's the way you're talking about. It's that they all stood up together and, like, fell on the sword together. Like, we wouldn't do that. But I'm telling you, I don't buy that they're all out either. And they're all like, never. We never step on your toes. I don't believe they're all out either. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't don't believe that five or six teams truly are out of it. It They decided in 45 minutes that none of them wanted them. The Panthers and and Falcons wanted Deshaun Watson last year. They were willing to. And then the guarantee contract part happened, yes. But I, I just don't buy that none of them are willing to even have a conversation. I, I think there's a little bit of, all right, we know Deshaun Watson, or excuse me, Lamar Jackson also doesn't have an Let's agent. Let's find out the number. He, well, he also doesn't have an agent. And I, nobody's, you know, uh, faulting from someone from trusting their own blood, right, and trusting their mother. But I think in a situation like this, I think it has hurt him to a certain extent. And now it gets even more complicated, does it not? Because now you're, 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 you're trying to seek other teams, and get the contract figured out, but they also still have to be willing to do the compensation, which at least there's no negotiating on the compensation. Like, it's pretty simple. If you want two Lamar, it's picks. two first-round picks. That simplifies the, the team negotiation part of it. And, and, the, but, and I guess it's important, we haven't mentioned an important note, the Ravens can match it. For all of a sudden, if they're like, oh, we're going to let you, Lamar, go test the market, and maybe nobody is willing to give you the dollar amount you want, there's still a scenario where the Ravens can end up matching this. So it's not, a, it's not 100% that he's out the door, although it leans in that direction. I mean, at that rate, you would think that that's not the case. It's just like I go through all of these trades, and you're like, I mean, the Colts gave up like two second-round picks for Carson Wentz, a time that everybody had already kind of understood he wasn't any – and then, and then, but it's like always the same thing. And then Gold gave him a bunch of money. Like, I understand that you don't want to do a fully guaranteed – like, you don't want to do a fully guaranteed contract. But he has never publicly said that there's not a number he'll take. 
Because here's the thing. Maybe what's happening here is that the Ravens are offering $170 million guaranteed. They won't even get past the Kyler number. Yeah, Kyler's 189 And maybe you can get to $200 million guaranteed, which is not a fully guaranteed yeah. contract. That's not Deshaun Watson's deal. Maybe he would take $200 million guaranteed from you. Are you sure and he won't? And, and you can't I'm know that. Why were you all so that, quick to be yeah. like, we're not interested? And that's why I'm not buying that those teams are really out. Someone gave up two draft picks for Carson Wentz and then gave him $107 million guaranteed, four for 128 That was three years ago, four years ago. It was never, never showed as much promise as Lamar Jackson. It's so, it just seems so blatant. And it goes back to how we led the show. Again, Mahomes' contract. Oh, it's beautiful. Great. And not having to worry about negotiating and issues with the way it's set up and your quarterback's unhappy. Everything you're you're set. Even if they have to redo the deal next offseason or whatever, you're set. You're in great shape. Baltimore so quickly fell off, man. So quickly. They were viewed as that number two, three team in the AFC. And they are now not even a playoff team. And without Lamar, they're really in trouble. Yeah, I don't that that team has just fallen so far down. Honestly, they should be hoping somebody makes an offer. Get your two first round picks and rebuild this thing. Look for the quarterback yourself. Do whatever you got to do. Find there's the next one, guy. There's one thing that's also really smart yesterday, though. We did see the the franchise tags handed out for other positions. So three running backs were handed out franchise tags. The number is about $10 million or so. Tony Pollard. The Josh Jacobs one was not a smart decision because they declined his fifth-year option. Could have actually saved Las money. Vegas could have saved money, and then he had a great year. They tagged him. Then Saquon Barkley, which opened that was opened up because they got the Daniel Jones deal done. So sure. they got Jones done so they could also end up tagging. Barkley but teams are continuing to avoid giving second contracts to running backs and that that was even the thing with Clyde and now we know Clyde's future is in in, in question and whether or not they're going to trade him and can't out of Kansas City this offseason but if you draft a running back let's use Nick's guy Bijan Robinson if you're going to draft him okay I wouldn't draft him top 10 but okay you're going to draft him 13th 15th all right you just have to already decide and be willing to accept. And we said this after the, the day after they drafted Clyde Edwards Alaire. You have to walk. I don't care if he's the greatest running back in the last 15 years. You got to understand that you can't get suckered into giving that five year, $95 million, $100 million, whatever the going rate is, deal to that running back on the second contract. If you're okay with that, then I'm way more accepting of drafting a running back in the first round. But you just have to agree right away at the very beginning that we don't care what he ends up being. We'll pick up the fifth-year option if we need to. Okay. But we are not signing another multi-year deal for a star running back. Can't do it. But the thing is, like, they're still willing to pay them for the year. Is it okay to franchise tag these guys? Pay the $10 million? Because, like, I don't understand the idea of even paying Tony Pollard $10 million for one year. How many running backs you can buy for $10 million? Like, is there still one step coming, I guess, is my question? Like, are we st- – because, like, there is still some reluctance, I feel like, to totally give it up. Like, you pointing out that all these guys are getting franchise tags, you're right. They've moved past the let's give them the long-term contracts. To me, the Giants don't want to give Saquon a long-term right. contract. They might still end up doing it because he's Saquon Barkley. But what they're there thinking no, is – There aren't any bad one-year deals, really. That's You know what I mean? Like, within reason. There's not yeah, a whole lot of bad one-year I mean, deals. So it's hard. Why. It just doesn't provide you the flexibility. We talked about this with, like, the Orlando Brown Jr. deal. It's not the $22 million for an offensive tackle for a single year is a bad deal. Million. It's just – but $10 million's a lot for a running back is all. You're not wrong. You're not going to get sunk in it. This is not an Ezekiel Elliott situation. That was a terrible contract. Yeah. When you give them long-term extensions, the odds of it going bad gold is quick and obvious and makes sense. The real question is, if all of these running backs start hitting the market, let's just say they all become free agents next year. The franchise tag Paul J- Jacobson Barkley. 
what are the multi-year contracts going to look like in the free agency market? Because that's when we'll know if teams learn their lesson. If they then do three-year deals that can get out after one or can get out after two, because the big money to running backs were still flowing for a little bit a couple of years ago, right? There were still some like contracts where you're like, oh, y- you sure? Like for Derrick Henry and others. And they're getting closer to like the line of what we all think they should be as far as running back care, but will they actually get there, I guess, is the question. Oh, man. No notes today? Oh, we'll, we'll get to notes, but first things first, uh, this is kind of interesting that this mock draft just came across my desk as you guys you know, are having this conversation about running backs. We've got a new mock draft from CBS Sports, courtesy of the one and only Kyle Stackpole. Kyle Stackpole. Stackpole. Hmm. Kyle Stackpole of CBS Sports has released a mock draft and at pick 31, he has the Kansas City Chiefs selecting running back from the University oh, of wow. Alabama, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer <laughs> Gibbs at pick number 31. He has drawn comparisons, guys, to Jamal Charles. Yeah. You may, may remember yes. uh-huh. had uh, familiar with Jamal uh, Charles. two all-pro seasons mm-hmm. in the early 2010s as the running back of the Kansas City Chiefs, almost 2,000 yards from scrimmage, 19 touchdowns in 2013. How about that? Bring Jamal Charles back in the form of Jameer Gibbs next season. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm um, I'm, I'm good on Gibbs. I understand everybody's excited about him. But Hashtag good the on same, Gibbs. I'm good on Gibbs. Uh, the same offseason in which the Chiefs might trade the guy they just drafted in the first round four years ago, three years ago, I guess at this point, um, I'm not drafting a first-round running back. On, frankly, I almost can't. I feel like if I'm you can't, well, you can do whatever you want. I feel like you can't. You don't need to either. You just got Pacheco in the seventh round last year. Even more example of reason why I don't need to spend a first round running back. You gotta have round. two. You gotta have two backs though. Yep. You know, and every you team has go, two. You backs. can go get a veteran. You can bring back McKinnon, or you could go get another veteran. Yeah, I'm good. They're worried McKinnon may not have much gas. Well, then go get somebody left else. in the tank and draft a running back in the fourth round, Nick. Fifth round. You know, if Sixth you go round. back historically, Seventh guys, if you go back, let's just go. You know what? You know what? <laughs> wow. Just going right towards it. You know, if you go back historically, and if we were just to look at the last half decade, the last 10 years, and see who the most productive running backs in the NFL have been, typically they are guys who are drafted in the top one or two rounds. Are you a big fan of stack pull? Uh, you know. If you're going to have polls, you might as well stack them. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, guys. But right now, we're not here to talk about running backs, but we are here to talk about value. We're here to talk about second contracts, when you should pay guys, when you shouldn't pay guys. Yeah, we're all in agreement that you probably shouldn't be giving out second contracts to running backs. You'll probably never live to tell the end of that story. But the Chiefs over the next two to three years are going to have some big decisions to make. Right now, Orlando Brown Jr. is at the center of that discussion. But I think kind of hidden beyond, like right if we were to sift through the layers of this Orlando Brown Jr. dilemma for the Chiefs, there are other players involved in it, right? The guys over the next two years that you have to make decisions on in terms of long-term contracts. So I just want to do a little exercise. I want to go through some of these guys. And much like the Chiefs are debating right now, do you make Orlando Brown Jr. the one of the highest paid players at their position? I want you guys to tell me how comfortable you would be with the Chiefs making these guys okay. one of the highest right. paid players at their positions. Let's just start at the very okay. top. A guy who might already be the best player at his spot. Creed Humphrey. They yes. will probably have to make a decision on him next yeah. year going into his last right. season. Right. Um, that would probably, if we're talking about highest paid centers in the NFL, 
It's a it's not a high paid position, That's guys. You're talking about guys yes. making twelve, thirteen, fourteen million dollars a year. It seems like a fairly obvious one, right? To just go ahead and do it. Lock ter- lock you know, lock up the guy that's gonna be the center for Patrick Mahomes for a decade. The only thing I'll say in the past they have not done that with centers. Uh, they they have you know yeah, walked on Rodney Hudson and Mitch Morse. Morse. But the difference is you have Patrick Mahomes and if you if, if he feels that that's like that's who he wants to work with for the next decade of his career and he feels like they're solid there then I think they get that then they get that done because the dollar amount as you laid out positional value wise the dollar amount still matches what the actual position value is I think you could get by with, with doing that but it's you can't like tight make, end right with, yeah. in terms of money you guys making 14 15 is nothing in today's NFL the real question becomes like is if you're paying Travis Kelsey 16 million dollars is it worth paying a center roughly the same amount annually i would push back and i would say two years from now is he still playing for the chiefs talking about travis kelsey according to cody yes i mean they won't even be close to retirement two years years. now we're two years that's all we're that's what you guys want to have a conversation you you just told me you just told me two days ago that because of his amazing snl performance he was gonna that might push him to leave early he has been swallowed by the (laughs) matrix already we'll never see him again i get scared okay guys uh let's go to the other side of the ball same draft class, same round. Oh, yeah. Inside oh, yeah. linebacker yeah. Nick Bolton. If we're looking at the highest paid inside linebackers, Raquan Smith just got that massive deal from the Ravens that pays him about $20 million a year. That's $45 million guaranteed. I'm thinking he's not no. getting that deal, no, no, but no, he'd no, probably no. be right be- beneath him. Uh, how close to that 20? Because you're not, yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not paying. And it's, I'm Shaquille not paying Leonard him of yeah. the Colts is making about 19.7. But the guaranteed money is much lower. It's only yeah. $33 million. He'll be someone that would be interested to see. Like we talk about you know, the, the, the feeling of, of where you're at with discounts and staying within organizations and legacy type stuff and, and, and where you're at. He'll be one to follow uh, based off of uh, his ties to the organization. Um, but in general, I'm not paying my inside linebacker. And this, this organization, this setup with what they are, 18 or $20 million a year, no chance. It just doesn't make sense. Don't to be spin so dismissive kind of when you just yell "pass," Cody. Oh, you want me to be more pass, detailed? Pass next. Pass. <laughs> just uh, you know, hey, this guy's you know, this guy's one of your leaders on defense. Yeah, Super Bowl winning defense. Linebackers. Cody hates tackling linebackers. linebackers. Are pretty easy to find. So line. Okay, let's think about all the positions that don't. So it's, it's odd to me that you think running backs and linebackers don't matter, but yeah, correct. You're racing to make Creed Humphrey the highest paid center in football. <laughs> Quite honestly, maybe the position that matters the least. Less than linebacker. They want a Super Bowl with Anthony Hitchens at linebacker. They'll be fine. Should do. Do you really want to go through all the Super Bowl champions and figure out who their starting center was? Well, I can tell you this: someone did the list of the starting running backs of the last ten Super Bowl champs, and it's a bunch of no. Dudes. Don't move the goalposts. We're talking bunch linebackers. We're talking linebackers versus Fine. centers. I right guess now. we'll go through the next ten, the last ten years of the yes. starting middle linebackers yes. <laughs> for we every will. team, and we'll decide if any of them matter enough. Yes, we will. Uh, so this one is actually going to be a little bit more immediate. We've discussed this. At length, Chris Jones is in all likelihood going to get a new contract this offseason. I guess the real question with Jones is, is this going to be a, okay, you want to be the second highest paid interior defensive lineman? That would make you about $22 million. The gap between Aaron Jones, who is the highest paid player in his position, and number two, who is currently Leonard Williams, is almost... Aaron Aaron Donald, right? 
Yeah, what did I say? Sorry. You're Aaron Jones. I didn't know if you're cross-checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Aaron Jones. Um, The difference between Aaron Donald and Leonard Williams between one and two is about $11 million per year. That's a huge (laughs) gap. Where does Chris Jones land? Somewhere between those two, but still, I think, below Aaron Donald. I feel like you want to come in at that, like, I wouldn't make him the highest paid. If he asked for Aaron Donald money, I think I'd like to avoid that. According to the reports, Nate Taylor of The Athletic reported, that he wants to be the second highest paid. So it sounds like he even he understands, understands yeah. he's not getting Aaron Donald money. Yeah, because they blew that number out of the water. It's like, let's find the reasonable number. It's above Williams, though. I'll say that. Well, like, you got to go above that number. Yeah, I mean, honestly, guys, the four-year deal that Chris Jones signed, like, on average, this past one, the four-year $80 million deal or whatever, like, the dollar, like, the average salary wasn't that, I mean, we're not talking crazy amounts. 20 of million? Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, so we're talking, let's get to 27. That's why I'm not, like, I'm not, I don't think any of us are. We're, this deal's getting, get done this offseason, and I'm not really all that concerned about it. I think, based on their willingness, just a few years ago, I understand he was younger, but he's still only 28, uh, and he'll be 29 at the start of this next season. $20 million on average, and they gave him $60 million guaranteed on that last deal. I think they were, I mean, they already were pretty much, they're not that far off. Much as was the case with, Orlando Brown Jr. last year and the reason why he declined the offer from the Chiefs, I think it's going to come down to guaranteed money. Yep, He made $37.5 million guaranteed on his last deal. I think he's going to want closer to about 45. I think that's going to be the big as it was determining written, factor. As it was written, the other deal was 60 million total guaranteed at, at the last deal. but Total I, guaranteed versus Foley's. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, you're good, but like I, I think that's where they have to actually negotiate. Like To me, the the dollar amount and the yearly average, that is pretty, I think that's pretty easy, quote unquote easy. It's, yeah, those it's, numbers make sense. It's the bonus, the structure, the, the, the guarantees, like Nick was saying, that to me is where they're going to have to iron that kind of stuff out. But uh, sounds like that's not expected to happen until maybe after the draft. Those are Nick's notable notes. Why not just look even further into the future? That's what we're going to do next with the Chiefs. Plus the big 12 tournament gets underway tonight and how that's going to st- stack up compared to the SEC tournament, what it means for seating, all of that coming up next.